Hey guys, what's up? It's your host, Ray. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Design. Um, this episode's going to be fairly short. Just wanted to brush on a few things. First of which being, Dustin Poirier came out in uh, an Ariel Hawani interview and said that he does not want to fight Michael Chandler. This, once again, something we already knew, right? He's said it before multiple times now that he that Michael Chandler needs to prove himself. And I kind of touched on this in the last episode where where I mentioned that <clears throat> Michael Chandler finished Dan Hooker in two minutes, two and change, right? First round KO. Incredible fashion. Poirier never finished Dan Hooker. The fight went the full 520... Five rounds, 25 minutes, and he still didn't finish him. It was a pretty back-and-forth fight. They both took quite a bit of damage, right? So, my question is, and I think Michael Chandler touched on this too, what's Poirier and everybody else's definition? When I say everybody else, I mean the ones who say that Chandler still needs to prove himself, right? What... What more does he need to do? I guess maybe that's not the right way to put it, but this is a guy who's been in Bellator for, I don't know, I know his career's been around 13 years now. He's got over 30 professional fights. He was the man in Bellator for years and years, and then still everyone that was shitting on him, myself included, well, I wasn't shitting on him, but before he even you know made his debut, he was calling for Khabib and all that. And I was against it. I was like, no, this guy's got to win a fight in the UFC first. And he did not He did it in a fashion that I didn't expect. I didn't expect, like I said in the last episode, I didn't expect a first-round knockout from Michael Chandler. But that's what he did. So my question is, what more does he need to do? Who does he need to beat, for one? He said yes to every fight that's been offered to him. Uh, I believe Tony Ferguson, uh, Gaethje, um... I think there is one more in there. I, I'm not quite sure, but uh, Hooker was the one that actually said yes and took the risk to possibly losing to an outsider. The fact remains, he came in, took out the number six guy. I believe he's at number four right now, I think. Either three or four in the rankings right now in the lightweight division. And uh, he even said, like, He's the one who said it himself, that it took Dustin, he finished a guy that Dustin couldn't, and Dustin is saying, uh, he's still got more work to do, he's still got a, you know, he ain't getting a title shot. Well, you know, if I were in that position, and I can only speak for myself, it really doesn't mean much, but logically looking at it from my perspective, if I was Poirier, And there's this newcomer coming in who just took out the guy that I went 25 minutes with. Didn't even put him away. And and let's not forget, I don't know exactly what round in the Poirier-Hooker fight it was. Might have been the end of the second or third anyway. At the end of one of those rounds... Poirier was getting lit up. 
hooker. I think he landed a knee or two. And quite frankly, I think if that bell wouldn't have stopped, I think that might have been a saved by the bell moment. And I don't mean to discredit Poirier. He still, I mean, he fucking dirt-napped Connor for the first time. Nobody else has done that. You know, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I'm just saying that was a very dangerous fight for Poirier, the hooker fight. And uh, there was moments where he looked very vulnerable. Um, and Chandler made it look easy, man. So I just don't understand this whole dynamic of he's still got more to prove. He fucking starched a guy that you couldn't. And I don't know, it's just kind of frustrating. And I'm a Poirier guy, right? I got his fucking hot sauce in my fridge. It's phenomenal, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, I just don't really understand that whole dynamic. And on top of that, what is next for Michael Chandler? Charles Oliveira just turned down the fight. I don't really know, you know, I know he's on, I think, a nine-fight win streak. Something like that. Oliveira, that is. And as far as I'm concerned, he's been turning down fights. I think he turned down Hooker. I think Dana kind of vouched for him on that one, saying he couldn't make the weight, which he probably couldn't. But, I mean... <sighs> You see every other fight fighter doing it. Not everyone, but a lot of guys. You know, you got George Masvidal cutting 20 pounds in six days. Um, I guess everybody's body's different. But if this Oliveira guy, which you know, I haven't seen many of his fights. I've seen the Ferguson fight. I've seen the Kevin Lee fight. Where I think in that one, uh, in the Kevin Lee fight, you've seen towards the end of the first round... Um, when, you know, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, world-class jiu-jitsu, and he was throwing all these submissions, and you could tell he slowed down by the end of the first, going into the second, I believe it was. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this, you know, narrative of, oh, this guy's a world-class jiu-jitsu jiu guy. Oh, um, you know, personally, I think the guy's Tony Ferguson 2.0. I love Tony Ferguson, but he is not an elite-level guy. I know Charles is on a nine-fight win streak. I might have to go back and look at who he necessarily beat in those nine fights because the only one, the only two that I'm aware of is Kevin Lee, who's kind of out of the picture right now. I think he's 15 in the rankings, 13-15, or if he's even in the rankings at this point. I know he's been out with an injury and all that shit, but... Point being, um, I don't like this whole narrative of, oh, he's world-class jiu-jitsu. I know Khabib, you know, people thought Khabib was going to come out of retirement to fight Oliveira. I don't think that's even close. I think Khabib would have mauled him, got on top, weighed him down. He's a much physically, he's much more physically imposing than Charles. He's stronger. Um, and as far as Dustin wanting to fight Oliveira... I think Dustin wins that. Could Oliveira pull off some slick move? I'm sure he could, but that fight doesn't really intrigue me all that much. He's a guy that likes to keep it on the ground, is what I've noticed. Um, and I mean, he he out jujitsu'd Ferguson. I don't, you know, in that fight when he was armbarring Ferguson, anybody else would have tapped. Um, I'm not trying to discredit him either. Uh, he's won nine fights in the UFC, which is no easy 
feet by anybody. You know, not not an easy thing to do. But at the same time, I mean, if you if you turn down two fights now, you're pounding on the table for a title shot against Dustin. I mean, I'd probably yeah, I'd watch that fight for Dustin just to see how that would play out. And you can you can never say never in the UFC, right? I mean, nobody, very little of us expected Connor to lose to Dustin. Let's be honest. But as far as Char- Charles Oliveira goes and Michael Chandler, that was a fight I would have loved to see, but turned it down. Um, this this Oliveira guy is just not impressing me too much. You know, I know he's got an amazing ground game and all this, but. Uh, it's not something, I don't want to say it's not that. For lack of a better term, it's not something I haven't seen before. Like I said, to me, he's a Tony Ferguson 2.0. Good, but not elite. I, I don't see him holding a title, especially, you know, in my opinion, if you're going to be backing out of fights, not backing out, but, you know, not taking fights like fighters do, or at least trying, then, uh, you know, what happens if you would get the belt? Is he going to start missing weight? He's had that issue before, you know. Everyone's saying, well, it's not an unknown fact that the reason George St. Pierre, little different story, but, you know, they didn't want him to fight Khabib. Even though now I'm seeing he is training for Khabib, I don't know how much truth that holds. But um, the thing with him is they didn't want to give him the chance to win the belt because he might be inactive for, you know, God knows when again. I'm not, and I think that's a similar situation with Charles. Like, if you... If Oliveira does win the belt and he has a problem with weight, I, I don't know. I just think that holds up the division more than anybody else. <clears throat> and as far as Justin Gaethje goes, I think... I believe in the interview I watched yesterday, he said that he was... They were in the works of him versus Michael Chandler, but there's multiple things that just didn't happen or go as planned. That's another fight I would love to see. Gaethje's been kind of getting on my nerves, too. Um, For one, talk about kicking a guy when he's down. We all know Conor has a past. We all know that he's changed. It's pretty obvious. Um, That's news to nobody. But... Gaethje came out and said, you know, he loved, I'm paraphrasing, um, he loved seeing that piece of shit get knocked out. And he, like I said, he's on record saying that Connor's a, you know, basically a piece of shit father. And that's a low blow. And I know that fight, McGregor and Gaethje was scheduled in 2019 before Connor broke his hand in training camp. Um, which would have been a nice fight to see. Now knowing Connor's weakness to leg kicks probably went to went his way, but at the same time, I would say that was a more imposing Connor too in twenty you know around that time opposed to what we've seen of motivated nice Connor in the Dustin fight. But I digress back to Gaethje. Um, you know he's pounding the table for a title shot too, as if he's not coming off a loss. As if he didn't already lose to Dustin. You know, um, I don't think he has any more right than anybody else 
to demand a title shot. And I know he said that he threatened to leave the UFC if he didn't get a title shot. I think he retracted that statement. But personally, I wouldn't give a shit. Um, yeah, he's fun to watch. Would I buy a fight just for him? No. Um, you know what you're going to get with Gaethje? It's going to be one, twos, threes, and leg kicks. Not that that can't be effective. But I'd rather see him and Chandler before really... I think there definitely has to be a couple more matches between those top four guys before anybody gets a given title shot. Unless, you know, they're going to give Connor the trilogy right away, which I wouldn't hate, but... Uh, I mean, not right away. There's, it's another thing too. Connor's looking at a suspension for uh, injury, injury suspension. But those can always be overturned. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, as far as Gaethje goes, he's being annoying. Oliveira's being annoying. Those two should fight. How about that? I think that's what most people are thinking anyway. And then you know, maybe do Connor. This would be kind of out of the top four, but do Connor and Tony um, just to see that play out? You know, get Connor a couple more fights before the trilogy fight, which Dustin, I don't want to say he confirmed. Well, I guess it is kind of a confirmation that he said he's, he's definitely there for the trilogy fight. Um, and maybe he might just hold off because I know. He doesn't want to fight Chandler. Uh, I don't know how he feels about Gaethje. Uh, Gaethje's coming off loss too, and he's already lost to Dustin. Uh, he wants his revenge. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of a shit show in the lightweight division right now, and it's the deepest. It's you know the there's the m- most depth in the whole UFC is in the lightweight division, and it's my favorite division. But it is a very frustrating time right now to, uh, as far as who's going to get the belt, well, I mean, I think Dustin's going to get the belt, but, uh, I mean, as far as who Dustin is going to face next, uh, you can go multiple directions, I think, but the only ones that make sense to me really are Gaethje Oliveira, or Gaethje Chandler, or Chandler Oliveira, Chandler, uh, who who's right above him? Um, I'm not sure. I'm having a brain fart right now, but I think there's a lot of things you can do in that division. And like I said, the only ones that really make sense are, well, the only one that I can say sentence tone that makes sense right now, um, not knowing exactly who's in. Who was in head? There's only two people in in head of, ahead of uh, Chandler. I know one of them. Okay, so Justin Gaethje and Oliveira. So I would do Oliveira Gaethje or Oliveira Chandler. Or, well, they, he already turned that down. Never mind. Scratch that. Um, or Chandler Gaethje. Try to remake that one. I'd really prefer Chandler Gaethje. Um, but either of those matchups, I'd, you know, whether it be Gaethje and Oliveira or Gaethje and Chandler, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Like I said, Connor's kind of the odd man out right now. Um, 
I'd probably match him up with Tony, maybe even Dan Hooker. I think that could be a good one. But I know Hooker's pretty low after that loss to uh, Chandler. So we'll see what he decides to do next. Um, we'll see what Dustin decides to do next. We'll see what Oliveira tries to do next. Um, everyone's just kind of got to wait their turn. Not wait their turn, but, you know, big in for these things. You know, pounding the table for ch- for your opportunity, I don't think, necessarily always shakes out the way a lot of people, a lot of fighters envision it to. Um, with that being said, I'm going to move over to the next topic, which is, um, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I've kind of, say over the last two years, I kind of fell out of the loop. Not completely, but, um, another topic we'll get into eventually, um, on this platform is, uh, spirituality and meditation. And just to preface, when I was deep into the the spiritual realm of of things, uh, this was about two years ago, and heavily meditating, I kind of realized, I don't know if realized is the right word, but I started thinking more about, you know, division and things in the world that separate us, and within that, came me realizing and I'm I mean I was a super fan you know I got the I still got the plaque with uh their super super bowl confetti in there it was a a birthday gift for my 18th birthday so you know I, I would consider myself a former super fan and then in the midst of meditating and just realizing how insignificant sports can be or are, you know, depending on how you want to look at it. I know they're good for some people. I give people a living. I give people something to look forward to. And for that, I'll never hate on it. But I also... I know within all sports, there's a little bit, you know, there's some behind the scenes, maybe some predetermination scripting going on. And I can't prove that. I There's other YouTubers who would do that better than me. Or YouTubers in general that would do that better than me. And maybe point things out. And you can never be 100% right on predicting those type of things. But I do think, you know, with the questionable calls, which I get it, they're in all sports. But I think some of it is just, you know, like I seen the Chiefs, um, what was it? Was it the Browns? I think it was the Chiefs-Browns game. Or there's that helmet-to-helmet. A Chiefs player did a targeting hit on a Browns receiver and resulted in a fumble and a turnover, and there was absolutely no call. And that was a close game, too. It was 17-22, Kansas. Uh, It's shit like that that makes it hard to really fully, you know, set foot back in to the world of sports, the NFL particularly is the only one I really cared about, um, and this, you know, I don't consider, well, I shouldn't say that, MMA is a sport, but you don't, I'm talking about things you play, not things you, you do, you know what I'm saying, like, you don't play fight in the UFC, you fight for a living, um, 
to me, that's a lot different than an 11-on-11 NFL game. And just the way the NFL operates is totally fucking different. I don't think that's news to anybody either. My point being, you know, after kind of having my awakening at the time, it's just hard to fully get back into it, but I still watch from afar, at least my team. And I know Doug Peterson just got fired of the Philadelphia Eagles. They're pretty much doing a rebuild, at least I hope. I mean, new coach, Nick Sirani. That's the main point of this video. Or, uh, not video. Um, episode, not main point. But second segment is Nick Sirani. I think I'm saying that right, yeah. Nick Sirani, the new Philadelphia Eagles head coach, coming over from Indianapolis. Uh, Frank Reich coaching tree, who for you fellow Eagles fans out there know the year we won the Super Bowl, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Frank Reich was a huge part of that. Um, maybe even more so than Doug Peterson. I th- personally think the guy gets too much credit. Got too much credit. Um, so next round he's coming over. He's brought over, I think, a new tight end coach who's also from Indianapolis. Uh, I want to say... I think there is one more coach from Indianapolis. So a total of three former uh, Colts coaches, including Sarani. So Sarani, I think, tight end coach. And then it might have just been the tight end coach, but I'm pretty sure there is one more from Indy, Indianapolis on there. And then we got the Vikings' former linebackers coach, which is also exciting because anyone who watches or follows the Eagles knows they don't value linebacker very much at all. And uh, the main thing I wanted to touch on on the topic of football, Eagles, is how much shit Eagles fans and media, and I'm from the Midwest, I'm not from Philly, um, but the, the locals over there, the media, fans all over the world, are just giving this guy major shit for his press conference he had. Um, I watched a couple minutes of it. I didn't really, you know, it didn't really pique my interest that the guy was a nervous wreck, which, you know, he was, let's be fair, he was stuttering and such, which you'll catch me doing on here every now and then, blame the coffee personally, (laughs) but anyway, this guy is getting so much shit for being nervous, first time being an NFL head coach, and probably, yeah, I'm gonna say it, the toughest city, you know, to coach or play in is Philadelphia. And the biggest market there is the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, can you really blame the guy for being nervous and jittery? People are already saying, oh, bad start. I mean, coming from someone who's fucking quivered in every public speech I've ever given who suffers from anxiety, um, you know, that's just some, some asshole shit right there, that, you know, you want to support your new coach, and just because the guy's nervous, that has nothing to do with whether or not he knows how to fucking coach a team, or whether or not he can be a successful head coach, everybody gets nervous, you know, I think, 
some more than others, obviously. But I think you need, to, at least that shows the guy cares, right? I'd rather have him be nervous than come in smug and uninterested or just with this I don't give a fuck attitude. Nobody wants that, right? And I I seen a clip the other day um, where he actually, they asked him about it. And he he kind of made a joke and scoffed and said, I'll have to go back and watch the tape, you know, and, and you know, shared a laugh, but. He he made a joke of it. He said that it's all about getting better, and I can respect that. And to all the fans and media bashing the guy for being nervous, personally, you gotta just, you know they can all go fuck themselves. You know, you want this guy to want to be the successor of your city of your team, and here you are bashing him. There hasn't even been a game played. There hasn't even been a draft pick made. There hasn't really been anything going on other than him bringing in his guys who are pretty good candidates opposed to what we had in the past um you know as far as assistance co and and I think it's a whole load of shit I think there's a lot of YouTubers that cover the Eagles that quite frankly I don't know how the fuck they got that big with some of the stupid fucking things that they say um, if any of you, I don't want to put the guy, I'll say it, one in particular who bugs me with a lot of his takes, and I still, I've been subscribed to the guy since I was probably, I don't know, probably years and years now, since I became a fan, he was one of the first YouTubers I stumbled across, some of you fellow Eagles fans might know this, or probably do know him, his name's Nitro Freak, right, granted, I think the guy would be cool to, you know, sit down and have a beer with, whatnot. But some of the shit I hear him say on their podcast, man, he is glad that his buddy Zomp, who's probably my favorite one on the fucking show, and I forget the other one, Zach, he's, he's got some decent takes. But as far as some of the shit that Nitro Freak says, man, he said he didn't want to draft, I think, I don't know if the guy's name's Jalen Waddle from Alabama, something Waddle. He's like, I wouldn't fucking pick him. I I don't like his last name. It sounds stupid. I'm not going to draft him. I don't want to draft him. This is a guy with thousands of subscribers saying he wouldn't draft a potentially elite wide receiver in the NFL because he doesn't like the way his last name sounds coming out of your mouth. I don't know. That type of shit is beyond me maybe you know people just like the entertainment like that he stirs the pot I get it but I see people like that out there and he's not the only one I didn't you know just the the main one that I watch I know there's plenty of you know blasphemous shit said throughout the sports media outlets and YouTube and you know all that shit but that's what gives me faith that this podcast is gonna make it right I'd like to believe and do believe that I'm a pretty rational and logical guy when it comes to talking about these sort of things. And at some point, I'm going to make it so I can interact with my fellow listeners and, uh, you know, hopefully when the day comes where this thing blows up, I'll be able to maintain and it'll be my goal to maintain um, my self-awareness in the relationships with the with the listeners I do have, 
and uh you know hopefully down the road when this thing gets bigger or you know when I start really pumping out content when the time is right because this is just the beginning phase I'm still warming up to all this I appreciate you guys that do keep tuning in or new listeners anybody who's made it this far I really do appreciate it you know I believe that this podcast in particular is going to pick up steam down the road everything in due time I'm not going to rush it I'm not going to overload you guys with content it's going to be quality over quantity it's how I've always been and uh, I'm going to do my best to really put a lot into this and show that I appreciate every single one of you who listen even if it's just a handful of you guys you know you don't go unnoticed I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. Um, just knowing that you guys are out there listening, hopefully entertained on some level, or I provide some sort of insightful information. Uh, you know, that's all I want is to provide entertainment and information and just, you know, serve a purpose, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, with that being said, guys, that is all I have for you. I know I said this was going to be a shorter one as we were pulling up on half hour, but kind of hit a flow state, I'd like to believe. But uh, thanks for listening, guys, as always. I will catch you guys later. Peace.